Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. This episode of the Echo Podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University. Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we talk about faith and life questions um, that young adults are facing and, and asking. And so I'm excited today. I'm joined by two great guests. I'm excited every day. I'm okay with it. I'm excited every single episode. And I embrace that. So if you've thought like, there's a pattern, he says that all the time. Yeah, I can be excited about people. Just try and stop me. Um, so I'm joined by two great guests, um, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and we'll start uh, across the table from me with Beth. Hi, I'm Beth, and uh, I am a mom and a wife of, it'll be 30 years coming up in this next month. So It's crazy. Actually, next week, what am I saying? So I'm pretty wow. stoked about Congratulations. that. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, Joe, what about you? Uh, my name is Joe Peretti. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I have four churches, and I have a daughter of uh, one year old and uh, one wife. There you go. I'm and glad. I'm Ryan Becker, and I am not a mom. Um, I think the hardest part about being a you know a single mom in in her mid twenties is the fact that I'm not a mom um, or a woman at mm-hmm. that. So. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this is off to a great start. Um, we're doing well. So today we're talking about stewardship, financial stewardship, um, finances, and what that what that you know personal finances too. I think this is an area. This isn't meant to be a how to guide, though we may have some practical advice. I think here, but um, really just a conversation on um, stewardship in general and the things that we should prioritize in our lives and, and kind of what that looks, what that ends up looking like. Um, budgeting and finances are scary. This isn't meant to be a Dave Ramsey seminar, um, unless, okay, Joe has his iPad in front of him with a lot of bullet points. So it might be from, from, from Joe's end. Um, no, (laughs) I think he's just got the episode outlined in front of him, but the, uh, yeah, this is this is meant to just be kind of a let's have a general talk about personal finance and what that kind of looks like. And hopefully we can free somebody of some shame they may feel regarding their bank account. I know I've been in that place. Um, I'm almost in that place right this second. Um, so that's what happens when you have a startup. And uh, so, yeah, let's talk. So what are your thoughts on financial stewardship kind of in general, personal finance, any anything in that realm? Well, when it comes to stewardship, I think it has to be much broader than just money. Mm. Um, I think the stewardship itself includes your time, uh, what what you do with yourself, what you do with other people. Um, and I think once you have a healthy stewardship, I think that easily translates to your finances too. Uh, so when it comes to finances, um, there's just something about that bank account statement that really identifies you where when you look at it, you either feel really, really good and awesome, like you're the king of the world, and then there's times where you're just like, Lord, have mercy on me, and then you just kind of close it. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, provide. Open the floodgates, please. <laughs> no, I feel you. Um, it's especially depressing once the bills once the bills come due. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, I remember seeing my first paycheck and then seeing my first bills, and uh, the, the elation to depression slide was very quick <laughs> it was very very quick uh beth what about you any thoughts uh initially <laughs> yeah initially my thoughts are i don't want to talk about this <laughs> 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 i want to go home um no 
but that's true. And and I think that's probably been the biggest issue for me. Uh, I don't <laughs> like to talk about money. I don't like to deal with money. Um, I'm a I'm a classic avoider. Uh, mm. I married a CPA, ironically, and uh, that's <laughs> so, why. So you could yeah. personally avoid it. <laughs> well, <laughs> it didn't work, did it? But can I? Yeah, it doesn't work. I mean, you can't you can't just avoid it. And mm-hmm. uh, that's been my. Uh, it's been a real struggle for me. And I finally, I'd say in the last, oh, I don't know, was it six or so years ago? Just you know, we started getting real about it and deciding we had to talk and and just three or four years ago, um, made some pretty big changes, but the biggest was not like even in what we did, but just in our communication about it. And just, Mm. I had to, I had to get brave enough to talk about it, (laughs) to (laughs) be willing. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and so that's, yeah, I'm not a fan of talking about money. So here we go. <laughs> no, I get it. I I think um I mean marriages end over yeah, over finances and the fact yeah. that they didn't communicate or talk about the way that each other handles money um prior to getting married. And it's not that you have to handle or prioritize money the same way. It's just that you have to understand how the other person does and mm-hmm. and ex- embrace that, right? If yeah. even if it's different, if if that's who you're going to be with. And so the 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 courage to talk about that when it's such an uncomfortable area is huge. And I think, I actually thank you for being here in spite of the, the desire, the lack of desire, um, because I, I think that does, I think that's an encouragement in and of itself to say, yeah, um, it's, o- it's okay to feel the way you feel. Um, and it doesn't change reality though. And we've no. got to confront it. So, yeah. um, well, and I had to spend, I had to spend some time like figuring out why is it I don't even want to talk about it. Mm. You know, what, what is it? Why is it that this is such a big issue for me? And and because it's not even a big issue to, you know, when we get down to it and actually start working on it. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it's something about, you know, just stepping out and doing yeah. it. I just really didn't want to. I found some reasons, <laughs> you know, some things that had gone on in my life that made it hard for me to talk about it. But um, anyway, it's a growing experience for yeah. sure. Well, when it came to my marriage, you know, uh, we started off with, okay, I, actually, we started off with myself being responsible of the finances and we never talked about it. And then somehow, somewhere, I think it was like year two, we decided to swap roles. Um, it was like a um, job ch- career change for me. So it was just easier. She dealt with that while I was tr- transitioning. And we didn't talk about it either. And it wasn't until we came together and just kind of saw eye to eye. You know, what is it that, what does she consider a red flag versus what I consider a red flag? that makes a difference because for, for us, it was, uh, it was kind of like a passive aggressiveness Mm -hmm. because I wasn't sure what is it that she found alarming in our finances, uh, things that she'll say, Oh, you know, she'll, um, get upset about something. And in my mind, I'm like, Oh, well, that's not a big deal. Um, but once we started talking, kind of setting the, what is it that we're looking after? What are we looking at? It made things a little bit easier. Um, now I'm not sure how that would happen if you're single. <laughs> the I mean I, I think I think the difference there is um, well one thing that's really important is this. Um, I I also struggle to talk about money, but it's it's for a point that you said earlier, and it's that you end up attaching a lot of your self worth or value to either how you spend your money or you're worried that other people will attach 
your self-worth to how you spend your money. And so there's this automatic defensiveness that comes up, this wall that comes up whenever you do start talking about it. And when you're single, there is no one. I mean, it's just me. So really what I realize is um, if I'm not willing to check my bank account, if I'm not willing to do this, there's no one else. If I don't, if I don't spend my money right, if I spend too much on something, well, guess who's going eating ramen for a week until I get paid again or <laughs> things like that. Um, my biggest mistake when I, when I moved out of college, my biggest mistake hands down was the fact that I got paid a salary and a travel budget. And I included the travel budget in my overall Yes. Fine in my overall income as to what I could afford. And it was because I immediately wanted the kind of same sort of comfort in place of living or whatever that I had when my mm -hmm. parents were paying all the bills. And so and I and I had made all of my accounts and all of my, you know, leases and everything based on a certain amount. And it was before I even knew how much I was actually going to be paying on other stuff. Like it was after I signed a lease and moved into my apartment and a few months in after I'd budgeted a certain way that my mom calls me and says, Hey, by the way, you need to start paying your car insurance. Mm. But also we've never told you how much your car insurance is. So guess who's been on a journey for the last three years, lowering his car insurance payment. <laughs> it was almost $400 when I first moved out. And this this calendar year in 2019 is the first time it's been under a hundred dollars. I've worked my tail off to get it there. I know, awesome. and it's it sounds and people are like, oh, I pay 35 for like three cars, and I'm like, yeah, I hate you. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, but for me, it was a big deal. I I had a lead foot in college. I don't have as much of a lead foot, um, and part of it was my. And I'm not trying to throw my parents under the bus, but at the same time, they just kind of absorbed it, mm -hmm. and they never showed me the the physical financial consequences of my behavior in a car yeah. um, and so that impacted things and my insurance skyrocketed for a few speeding tickets um, so it just it was a big mistake that I had made and so but it does fall on me and there is no one else to share that blame or burden and but it does make which may also makes it harder to ask for help I think yeah um, if you're single there's nowhere to turn to and if and at least with your wife or your husband um, you they have some understanding of who you are in your life. But if I have to go ask for help from someone in my church or a friend, they may not have the same understanding of my context. And I'm worried they may judge me or they may not like what I spent my money on or they may whatever. Yeah. So um, it's it's harder that way. I Yeah. So that's the difference, I think, for, for me being single, um, all of that. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I constantly hear about finances is this idea that, you know, you shouldn't spend a lot of money. You should live modestly. You should, especially in the Christian circle, right? You shouldn't spend a lot of money on anything. You should not get the new, a nice newest thing out there. You should go for used or whatever. And even with pastors, this big thing also on like, um, you can't have extravagant or nice things. Um, or we even talk about jewelry. The, the conversation on jewelry for years was it's expensive and, and it's a sign of wealth and not responsible spending when that money could go to better things, which ironically is the exact same argument that Judas used when, uh, when uh, the woman poured a jar of perfume on his feet um, that was a year's worth of wages in value. Um, but, you know, we, we talk about that from that perspective. What is your response to that? Like, can we own nice things? Is it okay to spend money? Is it okay to, like, you know what I mean? Is this, where where do you sit on this fence? Or do you not know? Or do you, would you rather not share? That's fine, too. <laughs> well, I am of the belief that if you're going to buy something, you buy the best thing that you can find because it's better quality. <laughs> so that's just my personal yeah. belief. 
So my phone is I've been I've had my same phone, my same iPhone for since it came out. And uh, you got the newest one that came out last month. No, 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 no I'm just kidding. That one. I wish. Uh, <laughs> but I, I had uh, let's see um, my laptop. You know, I yeah, I, did, I went for for an Apple mm-hmm. uh, from a MacBook Pro and it's six years old and it's better than some of the ones that I've seen my members have because they decided to go. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit cheaper, and I'm not just you know these are the people that I just see. And my brother, he has a you know computer uh, that was on the cheaper end, but you know now he's struggling with it, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. So for me personally, you know, I, if if it's within the means, I I think you should invest into something. Same thing with a car. I think uh, we can all agree it's better to buy a car that you know is going to be reliable that can function and can work past two three years as opposed to just buying a 900 hundred dollar car that mm-hmm. literally next day may just completely die and yeah yeah no nope. I, I mean i'm gonna give the cheesiest answer <laughs> maybe of all it. time but i just i really believe it's on a case-by-case basis and nope, it's more 100%. about walking with the lord and yeah. and you know getting his input on things and working together as a couple um if you're in a you know if you are coupled up and um you know just uh yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with nice things, and I don't think, <laughs> and that's all relative too. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be serious. You yeah, know? nice is definitely relative. <laughs> it's very relative. So, you know, so I just I don't think you can, you know, and and even like if you're going to go down the whole jewelry thing and all that, I mean, you know, you can spend less on jewelry than you do on a tie. Absolutely. Yes. So <laughs> I mean, come on. You can get jewelry for pennies now, basically, you can. right? Go walk into a Claire's in a in a mall. That's right. So. so so that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, but I I don't think it. Um, you know, real quick story. I was I was working on a gift for my husband. I was going to surprise him, and first it started off as just going to be a party, and it turned in completely redoing my garage and turning into a studio for him, and uh, a place for us to gather and hang out. And I spent a lot more money than I ever would have dreamed without his input. Do you know what I'm saying? Just yes. kind of on my own. But I was literally like daily crying out to God, okay, what about this? Like when I had to just, when I finally decided to drywall the whole place, you know, I, <laughs> you know, how can I do that? And, um, and, uh, one night I was literally praying, seeing my chair going, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do about Lewis? What do I do about Lewis, Lord? Cause he was the drywall guy. And cause the next day he was supposed to come and start drywalling. I was a little concerned about that bill. And Chris is sitting next to me and he says, Hey, did I ever tell you about my conversation with Lewis? And I was like, what the world? Did I say that out loud? (laughs) How is he responding? You know, like calling out the same name. And, and he said, you know, if we ever decide that we want to, we want to make, do a project in our house, I want us to hire Lewis because, and he explained what was going on in his life. And I was like, seriously? Like, Lord, if I could have, you know, I was crying out, what do I do about Lewis? And Chris answers it right there. And he essentially gives his blessing for me to do exactly what wow. you know hmm. I had been asking. So um and and you know that's that studio has ended up being a place of ministry. I mean we've used it, you know, almost weekly, if not multiple mm, times a week awesome. for ministry. And so I really believe God wanted us to, you know, put that thing mm-hmm. together and he made it happen. So wow. but in any other situation it also could have been the most stupid, extravagant thing I could have ever done. You know what I'm yes, saying? So absolutely. it really comes down to living a life that's surrendered to God and asking him, you know, in mm-hmm. the little in the little tiny things. Yep. Well and there's there's this other end of the spectrum too of of um stewardship being more than just about finances. 
and the and 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 steward, proper biblical or stewardship of valuing things the right way um it's not singularly defined by the dollar value attached to an item so it, you know you could say oh I, I buy all my clothes at this store because it's cheap versus this store which is not cheap or whatever but then you actually look into the ethics of that company and you find out that they're exploiting human labor right. or whatever right. um you know engaging in unethical business practices and you go okay well then is it really worth saving ten dollars on a t-shirt um if this company is is doing this other thing that is completely antithetical to, to my beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, now listen, I'm gonna, I wanna be very clear here. I say that knowing full well I engage in a double standard because I do have an iPhone and I do have an, an Apple Watch, um, which um, any, so just so we're clear, I'm not defaming Apple here. It turns out that anything that uses a lithium ion battery that the way that the the materials are are mined and 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 found for lithium ion batteries are actually made for, come from companies where human labor is exploited. Um, so anything that uses a lithium ion battery technically is exploiting human labor, and I know and I know that. Um, and so I say that knowing there is a double standard there in my own saying that, and whether that undercuts my point or not, that's a that's up to the listener, but. Um, basically my point is in, in any way that we can, we should seek to value things and people the way that whatever way we can and advocate on top of that. For example, 100%. I just shared the information that was important that someone can advocate for. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think, I think it's this idea of if I need to spend $200 on a pair of, you know, whatever, a pair of nice boots that are going to last me for years uh, versus buying a pair of $50 boots you know, five times in the course of two years, which would be more money, mm -hmm. right? Um, if I need to buy a car because I drive a ton and I don't want to just save money and buy a beater mm -hmm. that is going to barely get me there, um, or even my laptop, I do podcast and video and media work. A $200 netbook is not going to cut it. Yeah. I have to yeah. spend a little bit more to get the work I need to get done. So 100% agree with you, Beth. Yeah. I think it is case by case. Mm -hmm. And I think it it is more than just about the dollar amount that you're spending, but what is what are some of the things that are happening behind the scenes there too? Um, I think all of that's huge. Yeah. Um, now, how do you factor in giving it to causes that you believe in too? Um, what what I mean should should we be making space in our budget for that kind of thing? Um, you know, or or um, is it something that you wait until you think you have your finances right under control, or is it something you budget in off the off the go, like right off the bat? Um, how do you handle giving to causes that you believe in? Because, you know, everyone says you can spend, you, you know, if we, if everyone just gave $1, well, if I just <laughs> gave $1 to a hundred organizations, that's a hundred dollars. So right. it's, <laughs> you know, where, where, how do I, how do I deal with that kind of aspect of charitable giving? I personally really believe that, you know, at least the way I want to view finances is that, you know, everything I have ultimately has got to be his. And so God, so then it's just, you know, where am I supposed to be putting this and who am I supposed to be helping out or not helping out? And, mm. you know, um, but yeah, I, I'm not one of those people, neither is my husband, thankfully, but we're not one of the, you know, that's like, want to make the big donation to the organization, you know, to this organization or to that, that organization, but more, just, all right, who's in our circle that needs help? Do you know what I'm saying? Who's yes. around us that needs help? Who are we running into that needs help? Or, you know, where where do we need to be giving or supporting? And, you know, and then just doing our best to do mm -hmm. that. And mm. if you wait until you have money, 
It's like waiting to have kids till you you're financially stable. I mean, it's never going to happen. You know, yep. <laughs> it's just no, never absolutely. Gonna happen. Absolutely. So you might as well, you know, if you've got five dollars, you know, five yeah. cents or you know whatever it is. But yeah. there's got to be a way yeah. to help out. Some, you know, to but sometimes it's also like you were saying, stewardship is with everything else too. And mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have the money, maybe you have the time to help someone mm-hmm. else. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, student loans is my charitable com- country. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> no, uh, uh, Sally May, I really yeah. believe in Sally May and Melnet, <laughs> and I really just want to give yes. well, all of my money. When, when it comes to, to things like that, I, I've just seen the benefits and, and just being giving, just be, you know, in spite of my situation, just helping someone mm-hmm. else, it means a lot to me. And if it's of any consolation for anyone, uh, you do kind of get a little kickback in your taxes if you help out. Yeah, for nonprofits. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, No, that's a good point. And I think the other thing too is if you are in a position where you do need to cut back one month and you can't give, like don't, um, you know, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in prioritizing your health and your well-being and all of that. Um, And quite honestly, it's not about you having enough money. It's about how you spend the money you do have um, and spending it wisely. And so it's not, you know, I can always say if I just had more, if I just had more, but everyone says that and everyone keeps saying that. I think it's about what am I doing with the money that I have now? When I realized that, you know, I was drinking, before I was diagnosed with ADHD, I was drinking two monsters a day. I was spending as uh, uh, just for caffeine and to get me through. Well, that's $200 a month. Hmm. The first, when I started medication for ADHD and was able to put away the monster on uh, two monsters a day, hmm. I was amazed at the, I was so confused at the end of that month and I went, Oh wait, I still have money left. Like in my in my spending account, not my bills account. This is weird. Like did I what happened? Oh right. Um so uh, it, it is this thing of like looking at our finances and saying what are the things that I, you know, don't really prioritize as much that I can afford to cut back on. And there is no shame in asking for help. Um don't let anyone deceive you. I'm actually going to download an app pretty much right after we're done with this episode called Dave. We're not sponsored for this by the way. But the Dave app is a dollar a month. And if you're in danger of overdrafting, they temporarily deposit $75 into your account so that you don't have to pay an overdraft fee to your bank. And you have to pay that back. Mm -hmm. But, um, and if you don't, they just kick you off. Like that's what they do. So, but it is a, it is a personal finance app that's meant to help you. So look for the tools to help, whether it's YNAB, you need a budget or anything like that. Ask your parents, ask friends, ask anyone, Um, ask people for help um, before it's too late. I got into a situation where I was too, where I was, it was almost too late for me. And mm. it took some intervention to help me because I had been making bad decisions and mm. poor decisions based off depression and, and other things. So, um, yeah, I would say to anyone who's in that place, I get it. Um, and reach out for help um, yeah. to someone that you trust who can, who can help you. Absolutely. So Beth and Joe, thank you guys for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, and to our listeners, we hope this was edifying and, and something that could um, build you up a bit and encourage you in your walk and in your financial journey as well. Uh, if you want to check out more Echo content, more young adult content from the Carolina Conference, head on over to theprojectrefresh.org or check out any of the social media links in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening, for watching, and for being a part of this journey with us. See you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment. 
This episode of the Echo Podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University.